0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 150 of the Magic Beans Podcast. My name is Cracker, and I will be your host tonight. And I'm joined by a very special guest for this very special episode. In Reese, how are you doing, Ties?
1: I'm doing fantastic. I feel very honoured to be here on this uh, milestone episode.
0: I know. I'm, well, we thought we'd bring in the big guns and someone good, and you know, you you fit the bill, mate.
1: I'm the sproutiest bean, the beaniest sprout. Whatever we're gonna, we're gonna... whatever whatever we're gonna call it.
0: We have got to work out what the next stage is. I think you, you've kind of, you, you know, maybe been shoot. Is that the next stage? Well, there we go, shooting Beans down the also, standings in the leagues. <laughs> they're also delicious as well, by the way. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but welcome, mate. We uh, we've got a we've got a fun episode to this week, and I'm I'm really looking forward to getting into it with you. So, but before before we get into this week's episode, I, I thought as it's the best be, of honor is going
1: to be. Oh, well, I'm excited for this part. Is it going to be this? Is it is it what I think it
0: is? It's going to be over to you, mate. Can you tell us all about our wonderful sponsors?
1: Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar. They are one of a fantastic group of, I would say the best, places to buy magic cards on the internet. They do daily auctions, including win it now, buy it now, whatever you want to call it, um, options. Primo, lovely auctions on the weekends. You will not believe the quality of those weekend auction cards. Um, and you should definitely give them, check them out. Uh, you can find them, like I said, on Facebook. They're a Facebook auction group. Or you can hit up jpmtgbizarre.com.au and you'll find them there too. Heartily recommend it. And I will be on my way after we finish recording to send Pat some money because he has been very patient with some lots that I've won.
0: Fantastic. Well done. Yeah, Pat is fantastic. And he's really happy to stack up lots. So if you want to, you know, buy things over a week or two and then pay some money and, and kind of bundle all up and he'll send them all out. All at once. It's a, it's a great way to do it. And if you do win some auctions, let them know the beans. In this case, let him know Ty sent you, and we'll give him another gig. He can come back. <laughs> oh, please.
1: <laughs> I love hearing my own voice in my car trips oh, to work.
0: <laughs> it's, cool. it's a lot of fun. So, mate, we are talking about our finals. We have reached the end of our, uh, our current league. Yes. And... I'm excited. We've, we've got the top eight. So we, we played all the way through for the last month or so. We cut to a, a top 16, so the top two from each group. And now they have played through the first round of the double elimination bracket. And we've now got our top eight. So in a couple of days from recording, we will be doing the live stream. And we will be going through all of these matches. But before we get into that, we've got deck lists. We've got the metagame. And you and I are here to break it down. Are. And you, it's... you came with notes. You're ready.
1: Oh, I, I shouldn't, I, I, I shouldn't have said that. I've, I've set expectations too high. No, yeah, I have, I was when Chewie uh, asked me to, to cover for him and sent me the deck lists. Um, I was super impressed and excited to cover this with you tonight because we have some spicy meter balls and the deck, the deck lists are. This is spoilers for the podcast ahead. Less than sixty nine percent, Esper. So we're already <laughs> no. doing better than worlds
0: correct we, we definitely are um maybe just to let everyone know the beans are all fine stew's been in the country he's been driving for like four or five hours today to do some work which is always great fun so he was getting home late and uh shorty and chewy are busy prepping stream things for this weekend so that is why they are not here but all is well no one's crook or anything like that but uh yeah happy to have reese in and here to help us so mate we've got the we thought we'd do it a little differently this time normally stew and i just kind of run through the lists as we see them but this time we thought we'd start at the top of the upper bracket yeah and have a look at the pairings and kind of put the two decks next to each other right from the start and we will kind of go through and we can make some predictions on who we think and I know you've you've gone pretty deep maybe in, in who we think might do well out of it and uh, but let's let's get straight into it so the first pair we've got is hemsey yep. and Darkanus, Darkanus. We decided. Times. Yeah. So Hemsy no stranger wrong, to this. <laughs> <laughs> Hemsy is no stranger to this. No, uh, he's he's played a million times in these finals it feels like. Uh, Darkanus is new to our group but certainly has lots of experience in I believe the ESL is where they came from and has done really well in some of those I feel like
1: I've played well. in, in BDS legs before but maybe they're one that one days.
0: Quite possibly. Definitely I so, recognize, yeah. We've got Hemsy is playing Grixis. Grixis, yeah. And Darkus is on I mean I guess you call it I don't want to call it Naya because you've got one red card yeah so it's 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 Silesnia enchantments.
1: enchantments but not as you know it. do we want to start with Darkus's list let's go for it yeah so um so I've, I've I've taken to calling this one um haunting Catilda um and that's because the two key cards are Catilda Dawnheart Har and Hallowed haunting and also mm-hmm. it just lets you sing haunting Catilda haunting Catilda <laughs> Anyway, um, and that's, that's a, an Aussie classic. Um, oh,
0: that's that's fantastic. That's that's actually the uh, the real national anthem of Australia. Yeah, it is absolutely.
1: Yeah. Um, so I played against this deck. I'm pretty sure uh, in the groups. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have a lot of experience losing to this deck, as some other members of our top sixteen do. Um, sure. And, but I lost to most of the players in my group, so that doesn't tell you much. Um, so the, the the this deck is uh, one of the things that it doesn't really. Feel like when you look at it on paper, it doesn't seem like it's that strong because it's just like it's one of these cards that you don't see very often. Um, right of Harmony, Azusa's mm-hmm. Many Journey. Uh, you do see a bit of restoration of Arganjo, um, and but certainly not teachings of the Kirin. Um, but it has an unexpectedly high amount of card draw for a Celestia Enchantments deck that doesn't have, at the very least, um, I've just blanked on the name of the one one enchantment that draws a card when it comes into play. Um, the, the dog. Yes, that one. Spirit um, Companion? Yes, thank you. Yeah. Uh, Rite of... Um, what is it called? Sorry. Uh, Rite, Rite of, of Harmony, Harmony is mm-hmm. the little slesny engine that could and does. Like, that That card will draw draw him two to four cards every time he uses it. And he is really good at maneuvering his deck in a position to take advantage of his offbeat sagas that you don't see very often and using mm-hmm. that to generate just a tremendous amount of value in cards. I... Don't remember what I was playing at the time, but it was a typical Ties rock deck that just wanted to grind, and I just never got his cards in hand low enough where I felt like I was in any sort of control of the game.
0: Yeah, the, the problem with this kind of deck is, or with this deck specifically, is that you can't grind effectively against Wedding Announcement and Hallowed Haunting. Like mm. they just go too wide and too big and all yes. of a sudden they're just giant flyers and then there's a Catilda out of nowhere and it's a 50-50 it feels like every time. yeah. And you just need to have an answer. So yeah, the the Rite of Harmony is kind of, it's a two drop, but it's not. You play time. it on turn six or seven yeah. and you just refill and it does such good work. Um, one of the cards you mentioned there is an offbeat um, saga is teachings of the Kieran, So it's a two drop. It's one and a green. It does some things, but I think it's the backside. That's the most interesting part for me because uh, when it attacks, it says exile target creature card from a graveyard. When you do create a one, one colorless spirit token, right? Perfect with hallowed haunting. Or when you exile a non creature card from a graveyard, you put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature. So it's, it's doing both halves, but like it's, It's incidental graveyard hate, which is amazing. Like, if you can snag an underdog or some of the other stuff, and there's, look, there's multiple um, cards that we see here with, like, Flashback or unearth that sort of thing, in it. So, I I think this might be a little bit of a sleeper, mate. Yeah,
1: I was very impressed with this. Like, when he started playing um, Juco Naturalist against me and then Hallowed Haunting, I thought I knew what I was doing, and then all of a sudden, it just hits you from angles you do not expect. It's, it's, yeah... lures you into what you think is a safe neighborhood and then all of a sudden you're in a back alley getting your lunch money stolen.
0: <clears throat> yeah, it, it, it actually... It drags you to, into the deep water surprisingly well. Mm. One card that I do notice that isn't in here, which has historically given me issues, probably because of the type of decks I like to play, is the, the Kami of... Yes. Kami of Transcendence, the the one that grows yep. every Transcendence time. Transcendence or
1: Transcendence, one of the two That's yeah. the one, yeah.
0: And, and that one gets really big and out of yep. control. So it's interesting that this is, this is not the more beat-down version, right? this, no, is, this kind is a go-wide, yeah. It's a go-wide really, really mid-range. really wants to go-wide, yeah. Um, so as far as removal, we've just got two copies of Leyline Binding, Binding in the main, and I guess a Ganjo you can use as a removal yeah. spell if you need to, uh, and a Besaju for if there are any opposing kind of scary enchantments, but I, I don't imagine there's... There'll be yeah. there some of those, but not a lot.
1: It's not going to do... it Unless you get, like, a... Like, Disproportionately lucky to your opponent, you can't get off the back foot. Um, mm-hmm. If it gets behind, it struggles with that again, unless it has a, just a monster right of harmony turn, which it definitely can. Um, For but sure. you don't want to be cast. The one downside to those off um, off meta sagas is that you don't want to be casting them when you when you need something better. Like you want to be casting them while ahead. They don't do much while behind.
0: Yeah, they're not particularly good catch-up mechanics. Yeah. So I'll be interested to see how this goes. Um, sideboard, kind of things that you would expect, some Arlen's, some brilliant restorations, because why not? You get to do a bit of milling. That, some yeah, that can be devastating space.
1: if a it, it, brilliant rest it hits so in any deck it, it's in. Um, the oh. one thing I did note in the sideboard as well is that it doesn't... Uh, the, this deck is obviously very permanent heavy mm-hmm. um, just by being, virtue of being a hallowed haunting deck. It doesn't present many instant speed solutions to problems. Mm -hmm. Um, so again, that goes back to being, it's not, doesn't play off the back foot well. Um, and looks like he doesn't want to, he just wants to be asking questions. He doesn't want to ever have to answer them. The closest you'll come is the Anointed Peacekeepers.
0: Yeah, correct. And I'm not even sure which matchup they will come in for. And honestly, looking at this meta, maybe none. (laughs) Um, Maybe against the gruel deck.
1: I might, oh, it's so easy to kill that. I was going to say maybe she... It's good. It's theoretically good against Shieldred because Shieldred itself is um, really good against this deck. That's one of the weaknesses of it. Is that? Sure. Um, but again, uh, it's only a three-three, and most Shieldred decks can kill Anointed Peacekeeper in their sleep.
0: Yeah, but I mean that's fine. That's the you know none of our players. It's an open field. They don't know what they're going to encounter. No. True. So it, you've got to kind of hedge for everything. So, like you said, um, it's a Catilda deck. That's kind of your plan A. Hallowed Haunting plus Catilda is. GG if left unchecked, right? Yes. And, and it's it's pretty easy to, to go wide enough that it becomes difficult for people to keep up. So the person who's trying to keep up, the doctor. Well, not that doctor. He was on last oh, week. Oh, yeah. That... Check out that episode if you didn't, by the way. Good, good, app, good app. Much <laughs> better guest. No, 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 no. <laughs> very different guest. Uh, so Hemsey. Hemsey has brought us a Grixis pile of cards
1: value there is much value to be had in this deck and strictly speaking the better fable of the mirror break deck
0: I mean it does seem like it's going to leverage it a little harder yeah uh, and yeah it's it's not trying to be not full Grixis either so we've got Cutdowns Rona's yeah. Vortexes Blood Tithe Harvester Infernal Grass Underdogs Corpse Appraisers Kaitos Liliana's interesting to see Liliana's coming back again yeah, um, and
1: I, I've had a similar experience. He's playing the full two. Um, mm-hmm. I've not enjoyed more than two in my decks. Um, and when, I, when I've been building other lists too, is I kind of imagined like two just feels like the right number these days. Yeah. I imagine, and- of course, as the meta evolves, that would change. But um, I liked it only having two it gives him a good diversity of planeswalkers in his main deck.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we've got a really good package here. There's five, right? So we've got two Kaidos, two Lilies, and one Ob. Ob, yeah. And then there's also an Urtai, Shielded, and Sulkana the Tainted. So,
1: oh, this is... A, I've actually put that... Um,
0: so, you, you've played this one a, a little bit. You were just playing it before. You've yeah, put, I didn't so, get to... where do you want to start? Tell me about this deck.
1: So, um, like I said, it's, it's got a lot of value. I, like I said as well, I love the diversity of the Planeswalkers in the main deck. Um, it's... The sh- Shrewd use of Make Disappear will allow... Hemsies to dictate what part of the battlefield matters. Um, mm-hmm. He the deck is naturally good against low number, high impact creatures, like you might see out of say like a Esper deck. Um, if it's a deck that's got like, I mean, you never want to target Raphine with single target removal, but you still can. Um, mm-hmm. So if you just want to be pinging away Raffines and um, sheldrons while your side of the board gets to work, he's going to be really good against that. And then you can from there you can dictate what where you want to fight with Make Disappear. So I actually think it's, I'm, I'm, I'm lower on Make Disappear than others, but this is a really good Make Disappear deck, as weird as that sounds. Um, Ertai and Urzai in particular, I'm going to start with this, because this is a recurring theme it. in this um, in this topic, and, and maybe that in itself should tell me that what I'm about to say is wrong, but I think this card's a bit, I don't want to use too nasty words, I think it's a bit crap. Okay. Um, it's a bit underwhelming, I guess would be the more polite way to say it, um, mm-hmm. and it's not just because I don't like giving the opponent a card, I just, I feel like it's more annoying than good. Interesting. Um,
0: So, so, do you think this is a card that everyone knows? Or should we read it really quickly? Um, Let me read it. It's two blue-black. It's a 3-2 with flash. And it says, when Urtai resurrected enters the battlefield, choose up to one. So, you don't have to choose one, which is sometimes the valid thing. Uh, And it says, counter-target spell, activated ability or triggered ability. Its controller draws a card. And the second one is, destroy another target creature or planeswalker. Its controller draws a card. I understand what you're saying. It's a charm, though. Yeah, and and charms always seem to be a little bit underwhelming. But there's a lot of flexibility here, like a three-two flash.
1: Strength of the card. Yeah,
0: yeah, like a three-two flash that you can um, put into play during the you know like declare attackers step. You you block something. You you know you trip a card or something. I'm trying to think of what shriek more or you know like any of those kind of things where where it comes in and gets to kill something like that's a two for one uh, now sort of the, the, like you said the fact that you have to let them draw a card is a big downside in like I, I don't disagree with that but if you're going to be the make disappear deck that was one of the things i loved about brazen borrower so much was that i could hold up counter magic and have a flash threat yeah it was it was the way that i sure. really like to play those sort of games i like having one because you holding up four mana could be i don't know is it, is it a make disappear? Is it a removal spell? Is it this? Is it nothing? Like, is it just a bank buster activation? So it, it kind of puts the fear into your opponent a little bit. And these deck lists are obviously open to all of our players now. So, yeah. you know, um is going to see that one of, and it might just make him think a little bit. So I, I don't know. I haven't played with the card. It's not something that I've seen a lot. Obviously, it's been picking up steam a little bit in popularity. It, it shows up a couple more times in these lists. So... I'm definitely interested to see how it plays out.
1: Honestly, like the, I, I, just keep finding that the three-two half of it is much more scary than anything it does on into the battlefield.
0: Yeah, and that's um, that's sometimes but valid, but it's, right? It's like sometimes a, like, it's
1: three-two <laughs> flash is still a good for for four. It's still not a bad deal.
0: Yeah, it's it's a little bit underrate, but given all the other things it can do, if you need it to, I, I think it seems pretty good. There's there's actually another one in the board as well. Just looking at yeah. that now, if it was weird. if it
1: was not legendary, I'd be much more on board because then, um, it's. Just monstrous with uh, Fable of the Mirror Breaker.
0: Yes. That would be gross.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other thing I'd thought of that I hadn't thought of before I'd made my notes on that card particularly was hmm. um, Counter's Channel lands, which I didn't think of before.
0: Because it's activatability. It's ability, yeah. Yeah, correct. Um, you can so. even flash it in and counter uh, Planeswalker activation as well. Yes. So there's there's a lot that it does there, which is what, why it reminds me kind of a charm where they've usually got like three modes or whatever that
1: So whatever maybe I didn't give the it the full credit it deserves, so but um, I also am very Tell me sprit- about the big boy. sulkana So I don't have yeah. that, that the card in front of me if you would be so I kind can as to read, read it. that too.
0: Sure. So it is two and Grixis, so blue, black, red for a five five. And it says At the beginning of your end step, choose one that hasn't been chosen. Draw a card. Each opponent loses two life, you gain two life. Soul Canar, the tainted, deals three damage to up to one other target creature or Planeswalker. And then Exile Soul uh, and return it to the battlefield under an opponent's control. So it triggers on the end step, which is interesting because a lot of these effects normally trigger on your upkeep. So you really don't get him for many turns. You cast it, it triggers immediately, so you draw a card. So then you've got two turns with him, them, it, whatever this elemental demon is, <laughs> um, yeah. to to get your opponent dead before they get it. And then they get all the other sides of it. So yeah. you, you kind of don't... I mean, I, I assume you just swing with it every turn.
1: Yeah, I think it's just like... And, and it's, this is like kind of self-evident. You need to be able to win the game before it flips. Because... 100%. It is... When you're playing a value deck, you can't be giving this much value to your, opposite, to your opponent. And mm-hmm. everything else he has... Ex, like except Shieldrin and Sulk- and the other copy of solkena mm-hmm. um, dies to the flame tongue carve effect so you're just giving your opponent flame tongue that it but it has haste cuz it it passes on end step so it's it's it, yeah it doesn't have it doesn't have summoning sickness effectively
0: yeah no that's that's a really good point actually and that's why when I read it the first time I was like, Oh, okay. Like you, you get three turns with it and then it goes to your opponent and then they don't get it. But the fact that it triggers on end step is good because it means that you get the immediate reward. So you never get blown out by casting it for five and then getting no effectively enters the battlefield. You cast it in your second main, you pass, you get it straight away. So they need an instant speed removal. Um, and hopefully you've kind of drawn that out already with your other threats as well. So, um, it's a big boy, right? It I mean, is. this is just, just keyword big. Yeah. And this deck is kind of lacking keyword big. It's only got one Shieldred.
1: Yeah, that's odd. It does it have, have more on the sideboard, right? Yeah, two more on the sideboard.
0: It does. Uh, it does and then, feel I weird guess...
1: having sol- two soul in our main and two Shieldred sideboard. Like, I don't know. Um, I will defer to Hemsy in every situation.
0: Yeah, he's but definitely I... better than I am.
1: Um, I would have put the... S- <laughs> My first thought when I was making notes on this deck is I would have put this mm. flipped them around and just played all of my Shieldreds in the main. But then I thought, when am I ever gonna bring Solkanar in? Um, yeah, I like the
0: versatility of what it does. Yeah. And, and that's, I think a that's right, I, yeah. I can I think I'm kind of I would have flipped the numbers. I would have played two Shieldreds and one Solconar. Okay. Uh, it it feels like you know, Shieldred just closes game so fast. Yeah.
1: Obnixilis also loves Solconar. So that's the other. other you're much more mm-hmm. inclined to want to eat sulking out the children with yep. the Ob-Nixilis.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, you've only got one Ob, but yeah, if you do get to, to live that dream of, well, I'm going to have to give it to you. <laughs> I have two Ob now. Uh, and they're both almost ready to alt. Yeah, seems good. Uh, Alright, so, prediction. Who do you like? Uh,
1: I love Dark Harness's deck, but um, I am deferring to player on this. Um, I don't think any any differences in how much I like or differences I see in the deck can overcome that I think Hemsey is on a very short list of top players in the league and I will take him over almost anyone.
0: Yeah that's fair. I'm just looking at two, four, six. There's just so many removal spells. This deck has just got so much interaction.
1: sideboard sideboard's and- also really good against uh Darkanus in particular. Like those duresses are gonna like you don't
0: it, and negate. It's weird is,
1: yeah. is going to be doing work, negate, um, disdainful stroke, um, maybe get, you know, take take a drink of juice every time I say disdainful stroke in this podcast. I think it's huge in this um, particular top 8 meta and yeah. always favor the d- deck with disdainful stroke against the deck that doesn't have it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and look, I think it's, it. I think, I think I have to agree with you. I just don't know that, the fact that Dark has like almost no way of interacting with this grixis deck these these creatures all just accrue so much value yeah. the more that they are left alone like a shield that just sits there just wins the game yeah and the fact that he can sit behind that literally not even attacking and then just hold up counter magic or removal spells for Catilda or for you know the hallowed hauntings uh i think it'll be i think it'll go to three games i think it'll be close but i, I think that the grixis pile might might have the edge yeah
1: and the f- um has a bit of foreshadowing Hamsey can win game 1 it's not like, sure, of course, um, and I have him favored after board, so okay. that's the other part of the reason. So, firstly, favor Hemsey on player, no disrespect intended to Ducanus, Um, but also I have Hemsey favored after board, and he's still win game one.
0: Nice. All right. So, next pair, we have got Tom D and the Sweet Man. and we have got Tom D is on one of our two Esper decks. He's on Esper,
1: but and not, I don't think. I've never seen an Esper list like this, and this really intrigued me. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. No, no, Go for it.
0: So, yeah, and the Sweetman is playing uh, two thirds of that. (laughs) Exactly. It's 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 black white. So let's start with Tom's list. Um,
1: I really like it. So it's Esper, but not as I've seen before. I I haven't had a lot of chance to process all of the Esper lists that were at Worlds, for example. So it might have been based on something there. Mm -hmm. Um, but it is three spell Esper is is what I'd nickname it, um, because it okay. has three, three Infernal Grasp sure. and then Lands and Creatures. Um,
0: <laughs> so so this one's been called Esper Legends. And if you have a yep. look, every All creature is, is a legend. Le-
1: is legend. Uh, and also the reason why I was thinking of a three-spell Esper is because it is getting a lot of value out of Thalia.
0: Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got four copies of Denic, three copies of Infernal Grasp, four of Thalia, three Adelines, Four fiends, three to lose, three air ties, three Ratadabic, which I definitely had to read before. Four yes, shields, and is, two this, owls.
1: This top eight is the new Ratadrabic meta. I, I, I love this innovation. So, I don't know if it's in the Plaza decks normally, but I love this. <laughs>
0: so, uh, yeah, I am going to read this one out because I had no idea what it did. So, it is uh, two white, black for a three, three with Vigilance and Ward 2, and it says, other zombies you control have Vigilance. And I was like, okay. So, I immediately looked at all the other creatures and went, none of the are zombies. zombies. <laughs> but it, there's more text on the card. It says, whenever another legendary creature you control dies, create a token that's a copy of that creature, except it's not legendary, and it's a 2-2 black zombie in addition to its other colors and types. So, he's playing to the board and just kind of doesn't care. And then you've yeah. got Owl, Owl, Owl at the top end, just yes. rebuy a bunch of stuff as well.
1: So it doesn't... Yeah, in every sense of the phrase, it doesn't mind getting swept unless the Sweeper is Farewell.
0: Yes, that is but true. But in
1: every any other situation, and fair, there are not a lot of Farewells in this de- um, top eight. No. Um, and there is quite a bit of removal that does not remove. Um, yeah, so... Like there's a scattered couple of Soul Transfers and Farewell and the enchantments that remove on, enter the battlefield and nothing else exiles. So yep. this deck has... Thirty-one creatures, and he does not mind getting wrath, burnt. But he doesn't mind his house getting burned down. Doesn't mind getting infernal grasp, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Um, I, I, I don't know what else there is to say about this. I mean, you, you kind of know what all these creatures do. I mean, like Rafeen's uncontended get way out of hand. Rafeen's plus Adeline is disgusting.
1: Denig plus uh, (laughs) Rafine is also a very good combo because, yeah, just Lifelink plus Rafine is a good combo. Um, Mm -hmm. The Rafine Toulouse package is not bad at all. I quite like that um, because Toulouse triggers off Rafine's connive as well. Mm -hmm. Um, For those who don't know, Toulouse is the card that Rafine. It it connives when it enters the battlefield, and every time you discard cards, it goes effectively, or as Arena will show you, goes under Toulouse, and when Mm -hmm. Toulouse dies, you get all the cards back. So it's a. What's the red one drop? Um, the from oh Exit, uh, the yeah, yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah. Uh, I know the one you mean. It was colourless. The artifact. Yes. the hasty boy.
1: I've yeah. closed. i my arena. So I yeah, the, um, no, yeah. that's all right. But yeah, that one. But except you get to, you get to know what you're getting. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's yeah, those two cards work really well together. Um, because it's got low spells, it also has fairly low interaction, which is uh not, uh not and also. Uh, this com- this note that I've written now looks out of place because I've done a bit of a turnaround on the card, but one of the downsides I wrote was 3-0-tie. Um,
0: yeah, but that's your removal spell, right? Yeah, so you effectively fair. you, you have six removal yeah. spells. And, um, yeah.
1: The All-Legend creature package has a, I mean, um, oh, I just blanked on. Linda, Dr. Lindens I will cringe when I say this, but there is a low chance that you will get creature locked in your drawers with an All-Legend package. Mm-hmm. If you draw three creatures, but you can only cast two of them, now your um, your board option, board development options are limited. Uh, mm-hmm. that sh- mathematically, that shouldn't happen more often than it does, so that you'd be unlucky to have that happen to you. And again, these guys are in the upper bracket, so you wouldn't expect a bomb out of a tournament because of that, but it is something that may come up in an individual
0: game. 100%. And, look, you know, vi- variance is definitely a thing, and you will end up with those awkward draws. Some of these you really don't mind having multiple copies of, like Thalia, for example. Yeah. Like, it's such a pain that people have to invest resources to get rid of it. And then the second one, as someone who has lost to the second copy of Thalia multiple times, can be backbreaking. Like, yeah. it, it can just set the opponent back far enough. Like, this against Dark Harness's deck. Yes, blowout. Good, good night, sweetheart. Like, you're just playing so far behind and- each of these threats is just something you can deal with. And if you can, you know, put a bunch of stuff under to lose and then rebuy them all. Yeah. Yeah. Seems really strong. So, um, anything so else you wanted to mention about Tom's deck before we move on to Sideboard? The uh, has mm-hmm. thumbs
1: up, just uh, a disdainful stroke. A lot of yep. diverse options. There's a lot of one and two of in it. Um, how do you board a legend deck? Do you just skim numbers off the top? Or do you, like, I mean, sure, sometimes individual legends, you're going to be able to sideboard out all of them, but otherwise it's a bit weird to sideboard a legend deck. Um, and low exile options, um, yeah, so no got, like, farewell, no soul tra- tra- transfer, and only a couple of copies of Wandering Emperor, so, um, as much as his deck doesn't, you know, is is happy that there's not a lot of farewells, if he ever needs to be on the other side, he also can't do that. But mind you, he also, you know, he's anti farewell in general, I guess, so.
0: Yeah, not I mean, he is, deal. yeah, I don't think that's going to be the game plan. Uh, alright, so, we've then got the Sweetman. The Sweetman is playing Orzhov. And yeah. what do you think about this one?
1: Um, it's, I think it would be doing a disservice to Sweetman to look, to, have, to just come from an Esper deck and then go to an of deck and just say it's a worse, you know, in this in this format, you can play three colors, so you should. Um, there are some things that not committing to the third color, uh, it opens. So like the Rite of Oblivion. Now, of course, mm-hmm. all of the uh, Esper decks can cast Rite of Oblivion, but you generally you, you're going for power rather than the, I guess that's, Power versus Versatility is not the right for, um, dynamic that I want to compare to here, but you won't see an Esper deck typically go towards that unless for some reason they're like Esper Tokens and you have spare creatures to chuck away to it. Yeah. Um, so this enables uh, um, Right of Oblivion, and he does lean into it a bit. He's got Wedding Announcement and Adeline, um, and those look like primary win conditions, so yeah, he'll have creatures to, to spare to it. Um, I yeah, really, even think
0: underdog is not the worst thing if you have to. If no. you get a real pinch, you, that's something you can do.
1: Um, and he is one of the few four X tenacious underdog decks in the top eight as well. <clears throat> yeah, um, I love Sarah Paragon. Um, in the early part of the format, before the, in particular before the blue decks became big, um, mm-hmm. the mono blue decks that is, I thought that it was a Sarah Paragon format, mm-hmm. um, and just built. Whenever I had five minutes of work, I would be drawing up Sarah Paragon decks in whatever color combination you can think of. Um, He's only got one, but still, um, that's probably correct, as it turns out. Um, This deck gets a lot of value from that. And don't underestimate Elas Ilkor Sadistic Pilgrim. One of the annoying things about dealing with Sheldred is that if you want to fight it in combat, it's always going to trade because it has Death Touch. This Mm -hmm. is a baby uh, Sheldred in that sense, Mm -hmm. Um, and in itself brawls with Sheldred very well. Sure. Um, So while he's got no shortage of options to Sheldred, if he doesn't have one... Um, Ilashial call will stop Shieldred entering the red zone It will slow down that clock
0: Yeah Which is really important And you know It's got the Like you said The mini Shieldred ability Where you can gain some life And drain a little bit Yes um, So Some interesting numbers here Three Lilianas Leaning mm. into that A little harder And Just all about Shieldreds We've got the full four Yeah And then Yeah Two Wandering Emperors And then two Owls The, do- the Dawn Sky as well Right at the top end Um, Interesting Focus more more beatdown yeah i was gonna say this deck is, other... this is a,
1: a curve deck almost like you want to yeah. like you, you're doing you're playing a two if...
0: drop on two every two, yes you every, wanna, every game
1: you want to go two drop into adeline into shieldred if you can every game and yep a- anything else is ancillary to that almost maybe not yeah. literally every game but the, like that would be a good uh, that would be a good day's work for his deck it seems like
0: correct and and will just cause enough problems for everyone to be able to kind of deal with i mean i've i've been saying for the longest time that underdog is just a house it's just kind of the glue that has held these decks together for so long i think it's interesting and i can see why people have shaved on it they're going a little bigger yeah uh but this kind of the the, looking at the the actual deck list and and the way that i've got just kind of the mana value set out it's it's a really nice curve you know you kind of you're stacked all the way through it doesn't feel like it's the smaller mid-range deck no. Because it goes up to Al and you've got Serra Paragon, you know, the giant Larissa effect where you just get to rebuy your things. Yeah. So it, it doesn't feel like it's going to, you know, gas out. And like Wandering Emperor is just, I mean, that could solo games if left. Yeah, yeah
1: if you, if your opponent forgets about it or doesn't play around it. You, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Even just the plus one. Like if the, I've been blown out by the plus one more than I've been blown out by the minus two. Like every, almost, it feels like every, every, um, every one of those cards abilities is just a total blowout if you're not preparing for it.
0: Super powerful. Uh, sideboard, just a stack more removal spells. Yep. Um, some discard in Pilfer. Interesting that it's Pilfer instead of Duress.
1: Yeah. I was. Um, does that exile the card or, or is it just hit more things?
0: No, no. It's just, it's one in a black. Target opponent reveals their hand. You choose a non from it that player discards. Okay, so, can hit so it's, it's Thoughtseize yeah. kind of thing instead of. Yep. Yeah. So um, interesting because there is a lot of removal that they have access to as well.
1: And the interesting card that I haven't said a lot of until mostly this top 8, actually, is Knockout Blow, which mm. is really good against... Um, uh, what's the red... I've just, I've just said it seven times already. Tonight. The Kaiju um, as well. Yes, good against that, and very good against Fable of the Mirror Breaker.
0: Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Knockout Blow, two and a white for an instant. Uh, it costs two less if it targets a red creature, and it deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature, and you gain two life. So... Yeah, seems seems really good in in certain uh, matchups, and we do have Gruul as one of the decks that's in our play. And uh, yeah, there's a bunch of hasty red threats that you know, like trading one mana for four and gaining two, seems excellent against that. If you if
1: and uh, Stormseeker, I've just remembered uh, Reckless Stormseeker or whatever the Stormseeker is that just kills that um, kills that Mm. game. So and you know, Gruul doesn't want to see either of those things for one mana.
0: Uh, no. Doesn't want, Let doesn't want creatures to die and doesn't want you to gain life. Alright. But we are talking about Espa and Orzov. Who do you like? What what do you think is gonna be the pick here?
1: Um in this one I have Tom Day. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: He just has more options. Um, and this is one of on this is on the lower end, but one of the things as well that I'm wanted to mention about in specifically about um, Tom D's and his Thalia choice, is six out of seven of these decks that are not, obviously, himself, um, mm-hmm. really don't want to see an active Thalia, because they're at least a quarter um, non-creature spells, and mm-hmm. this is one of them. It's on the lower end, <clears throat> but I think that uh, the combination of Thalia and the options from the third colour is just going to be a bit too much for Sweet Man to overcome, unless he is a sweet man with those curved draws. Bottom <laughs> him, Tish. Y- see, Chewie's really here.
0: Oh, there you go. Uh, so... Interesting thing with Thalia as well is that it just stonewalls all his early aggression from the Sweet Man because it's got First Strike. Yes. So it doesn't matter if Ellis has got Death Touch because it never gets to do damage and you get rid of underdogs really cleanly as well. Yep. So yeah, if if we see early Thalia's out of Tom and he has four, that is definitely his game plan, then I can see that making it a tough time for for the Sweet Man to, to keep up. But... Again, I think this one's going to be super close, and I don't know. <laughs> I, I I do wonder whether that um, the Sweet Man might just have too much removal.
1: That's possible, he, and he, his deck also goes long better than Tom's does, I think. I'm just going to have a quick look. Especially uh, after board, there's not a lot of... Um, I, I sort of touched on it. I didn't do a very good job of what I was trying to say. So, doesn't do a good job of getting things out of the graveyard, and Sweet right. Man's deck particularly, like, it, unless he kills... Um, the Paragon enough times that he can't bring it back. Uh, for example, mm-hmm. um, there's a in the, in in Sweetman's deck as well. Mm-hmm. If he can't answer Sarah Paragon, he cannot outlast it.
0: Yeah, that's that's really valid. Um, so yeah, I I don't know. I think I think this one's it, it. Almost feels like a bit of a coin flip. To be honest with you,
1: uh, yeah, I am. Um, I have Tom and- favored, um, but the Sweet Man is not without not without action in this matchup by any stretch. He is in with
0: a big shot, which is what we want to hear. All right, so we're now down into the lower bracket. And, man, are these some heavy hitters? Oh, I don't know how Yeah, that... this is a rough so lower bracket. This, these... This, this, I mean, it's a tough finals, but, I mean, that's good for me. I just get to commentate sweet magic. Yeah. So, we, we have got Map, who is playing the Gruul deck we were talking about before, yep. versus currently, or very recently, number one Mythic-ranked player in the world, yes. Jedi, Skywalker, Walker, who has brought... Another variety of Esper. Esper, yes. So let's talk about Map, who is also a Mythic level player. And just excellent at the game. Uh, Gruul. They're yes. bringing the beats, man. Ascendant Pack Leader, Phoenix Chick, Kumano faces Kakazan, Lightning Strike, Storm Seekers, And then up to Helena and Elena and also a Thundering Raiju's.
1: So, yeah, um, this deck does what it says on the box. Um, it's a red-green beatdown deck with only seven spells, so you you know what it's going to do, and it's it not going to surprise anyone. And it does it very well, and if you can't go wide on strategies, go deep, um, because and this mm-hmm. deck is very deep and has um, a little bit of reach, not as much as you'd like, but it does have... It can punch out of nowhere with its reach as well. So stabilizing the board is not always enough. Um so yeah, as I mentioned, only seven non-creature spells resist Thalia very well. There's a good number of um, good non-creature spells in red and green that you might be tempted to play, even in a beatdown deck. Um, mm-hmm. And he's done a good job of resisting that temptation. Um, Query and Beast Caller is really messes with your head um, when you're trying to do combat math and board state math at the same time. It's a bit, it's it's a really difficult card to play around. Yeah. And um, Holana and Elena, or I used to always for some reason say Olena, like from Game of Thrones but maybe that's because both Olenna and Discard are badasses. Um, like <laughs> sure. that thing's are absolute beating especially with Raiju. They're just um, throwing counters around like it ain't no thing. Especially yeah, yeah. with Beast, Beast on the if, which memory serves Beast call is the one that helps throw counters around.
0: Correct yeah when it dies you put plus one plus one counters uh, on the number of counters it was on it. So whenever yeah. you cast a creature spell it gets plus one plus one counter. So it starts as a 2-2 two, two for two and then grows every time you cast a creature. Yep. Um yeah, like you said, not a lot of removal spells. We've got, or just non-creature spells. We've got seven. And I mean, the the perfect draw with this deck is to go like turn one, Kamano, turn two, two Phoenix Chicks, attack for four <laughs> on turn two, right? Uh, and the other the other card that we've got is Lightning Strike. So no um, Lightning Strike goes face. And I think that's a really important thing here is that- um, it's that little bit of extra reach that sometimes you just need in these decks where you it's predominantly a removal spell, but at the same time you're also happy to just lightning strike, untap, lightning strike, attack yeah. you with a Raiju and just All win out is. of stone yeah. nowhere. Like you've literally just hit it for ten. And people who think that they've stabilized, you know, if they don't have a Rafine back to block, can be good night.
1: The other card that's really good here, that's a bit under underappreciated, um, and it's going to come with a so in, in a gruel deck, you've, you've got Old Faithful, Reckless Stormseeker that we talked about before, but mm-hmm. only two copies, and mm-hmm. I think the reason for that is that Yavimaya Iconoclast is in here as a full set, and that card is excellent in limited for those who have played it, and I think it's excellent in constructed as well. I love drawing this card in constructed. It feels yeah. it's very it's so versatile. Which it is really weird because is its versatility is two drop or three drop, but um, like it's excellent on two and it's real good on three.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. And and that's worth that's that's a really good point to highlight is that it's not actually you know a two drop as such. You've already got eight others in in two drop creatures in in the Lone Speaker and the Beast Caller, so you really do want to play it on three most of the time. So it comes down as you know a four three with haste. Yeah, which is just huge and trample. So, yeah, that, that card is, is absolute house. I expect to see that do a lot of work. And, and uh, again, you're talking about, like, reach. That is, you know... Yeah, that's your reach. That's, that's a reach effect. Tr- and
1: Halana and Elena... Um, mm-hmm. so I, did it, I did it again. Halana and Elena uh, loves Iconoclast. Absolutely. Because <laughs> it doesn't need to wait till time to trample.
0: Yep. Yep, exactly right. Unlike the Stormseeker. Wait, does the Stormseeker so,
1: trample or first strike when it flips? Uh, well, g-
0: gives trample, yeah. gives trample. It gives trample and haste. Yeah, yep, that's it. When it flips. Yeah. So, pretty straightforward. N- yep. You know, no surprises here. We've got a couple of islands, a couple of Flame Burst Bolts in the board. Love
1: that card. That card's excellent.
0: It's really good. A uh, couple of Bank Busters, Rending Flames.
1: Rending Flame is, uh, I just want to pause on this one. Sorry to cut you off. Go for um, it. That card's phenomenal. Uh, if you're not playing that in your red deck sideboards, do so. It's, that card is your uh, shoulder Defense.
0: Yeah, so it deals five. It's uh, two and a red deal five to creature or planeswalker. Uh, if that permanent is a spirit, it also deals two to that permanent's control.
1: That in itself is not irrelevant in this top eight. It's the, you're mainly putting it in there because it's a deal five mm-hmm. um, at decent value. But even if you if he finds... If Map can find himself to uh, at least one win, he need a minimum of one win to find Darkanas for example. Mm-hmm. He's going to love finding... Those Rending Flames are going to love seeing Dark Harness as creatures.
0: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, one of the ways that you'll win with this deck is to kill one of the Flying Spirits, make them all fall to the ground, and then deal those extra couple of points, and, and away you go. But we don't have that much up. We have got... No, not yet. Jedi's Walker on Esper. Yes,
1: that's right. And getting my personal bias out of the way, um, this, I think, is the best deck list in the top eight. Okay. Um, Just... Tell me why. In, in a vacuum, it's... It's the best deck, which is um, Esper, despite what the finals of the World Championship told us. I still think Esper mm-hmm. is overall the best. It's got um, it's got Rada which is the the what we, I'm going to call the the, the hit all star of this tough eight, mm-hmm, um, but only one copy. Yeah. Um. But I really like the mix of non-creature spells. It's lo- it's the next lowest after um, Map in terms of non-creature spells to deal with the mirrors t- Thalia's. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really love the main deck Rona's Vortex I wasn't a fan of that card until I got to cast it a couple of times in Constructed mm-hmm. um, and I think that card is going to be really excellent there's a lot of powerful tokens that it's good against and which is you know good against casting at one and kicking it you, you're never sad to kick it um, so despite me being not the biggest fan of make Disappear in this format and he's got the full four um, yep. I just think this does everything that you want a deck to do and I think it's just it's been tuned the best uh, it's got Four ofs and one ofs and two ofs, in almost every place where I would expect to see it. I think this is a beautifully designed deck.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely very focused and very well yes. thought through. Uh, mind you, this isn't the deck that Jedi's ran to Mythic. He did take he did take Grixis to the that top there, and it, I think he was like, I think I made a mistake. But uh, this is like leaning more towards the control mid range end. Yes, so, we've only got the one to drop in a single copy of Underdog. Oh, sorry, there's Denix as well. Apologies. But we've got, like, Destroy Evils, Make Disappear, Rona's Vortexes. Uh, leaning into Wedding Announcements as well. Yes. Like, the full four off, which is so, really yeah. strong.
1: Plenty to do um, on the early turns to threaten the
0: board. Yeah, but then, like, four shielded, you know, we mean it. Two owls as well to rebuy things. So, and, and like, yeah, Rafine's Again, everyone knows what that card does yeah. and, and how how strong that is, plus Kaito's, uh, to just kind of refill. So, yeah, really, really powerful stuff here. Uh, And, you know, you said before, if it comes down to player skill, this dude is the reigning champion for a reason. Exactly.
1: The other thing as well, I just want to point out on the deck list that makes the wireless so love how well-tuned it is, is that it has has 27 land, um, which is not Mm. remarkable in and of itself other than that it's the highest number. But Mm -hmm. he also has three copies of Iganjo, three copies of Otawara, and two copies of Takanuma. And that identifies that he is intending... That many land with that many uh, channel lands is identifying that he intends to use those as spells, and he has accounted for that to still develop his mana. Um, And a lot of people, myself definitely included, sometimes forget that if you're going to use your lands as spells, you cannot use them as lands. (laughs)
0: Correct, yeah. So when you see lists with 24 lands and, and four copies of these things, it's like, well, you're going to get to use one of them before yeah. you start falling really far behind. So yeah, the Jedi's is, is not going to miss land drops and that's, you know, has always been not necessarily well identified, but has always been like the most important part about magic, right? Yeah. Is p- playing a land every turn for the most part, particularly in this style of deck, the quicker you can double spell with the power yes. of these individual spells, it's just, it's gross. Cool. All right. So, can Gruul get underneath? I guess is the question.
1: Um, definitely can. This matchup's mm-hmm. really close. I, um, I I have got Jedi's winning this match. Mm-hmm. Um, in particular, because he correctly identifies that he has to play who's the beat down in deck construction. His sideboard is really good against Gruul. He has... Not only does he have Farewells coming in, only two, but he also has my favorite sweeper, Depopulate. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's another excellent card. He also has Wandering Emperor coming in for that matchup. Um, the only thumbs down I have in his sideboard, for instance, is no no disdainful stroke drink, um, it, And it's not going to help him in the matchup, but I also... No, not at all, really. Um, I love that he has Pithing Needle as well on the sideboard, just on a by the by. But back to the matchup, I think that um, the limited uh, interaction and reach of Map's deck actually really hurts him against Jedi's Walker because it's really hard to get into the red zone against some of these creatures. Like Raphine is a huge blocker, big butt, um, sheltered, big butt, death touch, huge power as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Destroy evils in the main, de- main deck, and the Rona's Vortexes are going to be superb against uh, yeah, um, yeah, the Grul deck. So there's just it's just got everything you would want in that matchup i i i think map's deck is really good and it like i said a hand i think i said it handled me quite comfortably in in the groups um but i just think this is a horrendous matchup to be honest so, I could be wrong but that's how i say it
0: no 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 so we've we've kind of done like the player profiles that we always do and we we always ask them you know like what do you want to see what don't you want to see and map has said worst matchup shielded I have yep. some bad news for you, buddy. There are four Shields in your opponent's <laughs> deck, and he is uh, very willing and happy to use all of them against you. So, yeah, there's there's no clean way to deal with that. So you kind of have to race it and hope that you can get underneath it.
1: Uh, so yeah, my best tip for map is win the dice roll. Uh
0: yeah, nah. yeah. Um, win game one and win, yeah, to fingers. win game one
1: and make him, <laughs> and then hope that your rending flames come to play. It, that that's it feels like that's an, an a low hope plan, but it's mm-hmm. it's an actionable plan because red. Red-green can and will beat anyone on the play and you will feel like you had no chance, no matter what how good your, you felt your draw was. 100%. Um,
0: so I look I forward think, to commentating yeah, to str- this one.
1: Yeah, str- <laughs> strong favour to, to Jedis, but mm-hmm. if he wins game one in gruel fashion, sorry, if Map wins game one in gruel fashion, then Jedis will be sweating almost as much as I am in here in Perth right now. For all of our Perth <laughs> listeners, it's a warm Thursday evening.
0: Well, For a non-perfect business, I should say. It is. It's been like 13 degrees today or something like that. It's been miserable this week here in <laughs> Melbourne, but that's okay. Uh, all right. So, we're into our final pair and we have got Azzy G, G. and Pencher. Yes. So, Penchair, Calvin, is playing Jund and Azzy yes. G is playing Band Bant Festival. So spicy lists here. Let's let's start off with with Calvin's list. Okay. With Pancher. So Jund, we've got there's a whole stack of different ways you can build Jund. It feels yeah. like it's really versatile and this one is, is an interesting mix. So um, there's three
1: things in particular that really stand out about his particular list. Well four if Depending on how you want to look at it, and yeah. I really like the way he's tuned this list. I I've been trying to build Jun so many different ways since Dominaria dropped, mm-hmm. and I've never been happy with any way I've built it. And I really like the way that has built this.
0: So, what do you like about this one? What do you feel um, like this has got that yours didn't?
1: So, the first and foremost, I think um, Briarbridge Tracker is really underrated. It hits mm-hmm. hard, plays D, and if it and gets you a card if if you lose it, it is also I think one of the best. Um, fable of the mirror Breaker or um, mirror, mirror of what are the, what's the final form called the flipped version um, I think it's one of the best targets for that because you yep. just keep giving yourself cards um, sure. on top of the uh, on top of the four power um, hasty attacker. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the three things that sort of work together um, that I love about this particular build is having it's only one copy but having workshop warchief. Mm-hmm. Um, again another excellent fable of the mirror breaker target. And really helps your deck uh, brawl and play. Just play mid range. Yep. Um, it's it, it's value. It's big creatures. Does a lot of things that you're going to ask. For example, it brawls with Sheldred and leaves a big butt, big body behind it. And gains um,
0: your life on the way in as well. Yes.
1: Uh, Unleash Inferno in the main deck, especially three copies. Big thumbs up. If I had three hands, I'd give one thumbs up for each copy of Unleash Inferno <laughs> in Unleash the Inferno in the main deck. Love that card. Sure. Um, and I really love this. Is I actually do this myself, so maybe it's a bit of bias that I say that I love this. But I love the five copies of Cut Down and Grass Split, and uh, it's a personal favorite of mine. That's also how I typically split them: um, is three okay. Cut Down to Infernal Grasp as well. Um, and Riveteer's Charm has uh, endless versatility. And lastly, this is the best fable of the best overall fable of the Mirror Breaker deck. Um, I said something similar earlier, but I meant of the two fable of the mirror breaker decks against each other. This sure. This is the this is the best fable well? Yes, definitely.
0: Okay. Um, interesting. Because it doesn't have, have bloods- the reanimation package that sometimes you see in the jund lists. No. And it's, um, it's, it's it's not playing Soul of Wind Grace, which it also no. you see in the jund list sometimes too. But one thing that it is doing, and this is the first time we've seen this card, Invoke Despair. But
1: yeah, that was the other thing that I hadn't. Mentioned is that I um if you can fit it in your Jun decks, great. And he seems to be able to. Um, and we'll maybe. Uh, and the main reason for that for those of you who are looking at the deck list along with us while we talk, um, he is he has the full eight slow lands, so mm-hmm. Death Deathcap Glade and Haunted Ridge, and three Sulphur Springs. So almost all of his two color lands. Yep. Um, are making black
0: mana. And you've also got the four triomes. Yes, the of course. Yes. As well, so. Uh, interesting because invoke was the staple for so long yeah. in all these black decks. It was, it was kind of the top end and there's no mono black in, in this top eight, which is, which is also interesting. Cause I think that's, um, that certainly had a place for a long time. feels like it's dropped off a little bit. This yeah, deck see, uh, is, it's just doing John things, man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and, and That's just, probably why I like just, it so much. It's is just it, the it, rock. It's right? the rock.
1: Yeah, exactly. It's the rock. <laughs> um, and I and no matter what the format is, I will find the rock and play it. So I'm I'm going to be drawn to this deck. Sure. Um, it doesn't. The thing is, is as as much as it's got individual card choices that I like, um, and I love the way that he's built it for a Jun deck. Um, mm-hmm. it kind of feels low on raw power. Got a lot of versatility mm-hmm. and a lot of good stuff going on, mm-hmm. but in except with the exception of probably Invoke. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't it it doesn't have as much punch-you-in-the-face power, as I feel like it could. And most namely, only two copies of Shieldred. Yep. Um, and, Does it have a copy uh, of Soren, though? So I, I don't rate Soren. Okay. Soren needs... An- I think Soren needs another Planeswalker to be at its best. Mm-hmm. Soren is awesome when it's the second-best Planeswalker that you have, because it doesn't draw the the removal and the hate, and then you start... You, you get you, your vampire, and you get to start Dark confidanting.
0: Yeah, I... I just wonder whether there was room here for Liliana. I mean, there's two in the sideboard, but I, I just wonder whether you want your first Liliana over your... I don't know what you cut is the problem. Maybe your fourth Riveteer's Charm?
1: Possibly. The The number swap that's jumping out to me is Reckon and Bankbuster, but if you cut Reckon and Bankbuster, you're asking at least one of your Riveteer's Charms to be the exile effect. So, And that doesn't feel good.
0: So the thing I like about Bankbuster Plus Liliana is it means you're not actually down cards. True. So you, you get to keep up with it, but there there is there is a bunch of ways to you know like you've got Blood Tithe Harvester um, as well, which is sort of pseudo card draw with the cycling you know blood. Private tracker will get
1: you there as well.
0: Yeah, the investigate tokens are, are really strong. So I mean this this deck will just it will junt people out. It's yeah. The, the, it, it, I always find these decks hard to evaluate because it is a pile of cards in these colors rather than looking at the Esper Legends package where I'm like, here is a series of the best legends at every point on the curve. I see how this game plan comes together. I understand what you're trying to do. Or like some of the, you know, Grixis things where it's like I have just here are the different points of interaction. I've got all the best removal spells, counter magic, and then I finish it with... You know these really hard to deal with threats that are gaining me value. Like I, that's easier for me to evaluate. Whereas this just feels. I understand Same how the wrong
1: wins. list, right? Like you need to draw your right pile of cards. You've got cards. You've that got to you draw, draw against... the right half. Yeah, exactly. And
0: and, and I think that's the problem. Now, look, it does have some like fable. You know, can can easily bring you back into the game. It can draw you into the right half of the deck. Yeah. but it may be too slow as well. You know, like I, I don't know. It, it'll be interesting to see.
1: I think what this deck would love to do, and this is going to be a concept um, that's probably going to be a bit niche to our listeners because it's something that I talk about in my esports world, in my esports life, hmm. um, where one of the ways to win a matchup in a 5 versus 5 game is you make the matchup about a particular role where you have an advantage. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I won't go into the specifics. This is not a um Moba podcast. Sure. Um but in as it applies to this deck what I think Calvin would love to do is play against a bunch of Fable the Mirror Breakers decks, make the match up about whose Fable is better and he's he has the best Fable deck. Okay. Um and that's the pre-identified path to victory. Otherwise, I think it's just you've got to have the 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 mental agility to be able to pilot the part, the half of junk that you draw on the spot. And that's challenging. Um pen Uh, Penche slash Calvert is an excellent player um Mm -hmm. and not just because he like he he has the the placings and play history to back that up i he 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 definitely can do it um i just feel queasy tipping slash expecting it to happen because as good as he is sometimes jund is out of your hands
0: yeah it's the 45 percent deck is kind of the old jund joke right like it's you know exactly. on a good day it's, it's on a good day it's 55 it's it's that kind of very mid-range sort of thing so speaking of i mean i don't know if you can call this mid-range but let's have a look at what G has brought to the table because this one this, this is, is in, the most exciting deck in the tournament this is, this is spice man we have got bent storm the festival so i'm just going to run through this real quick because there's a whole lot going on we've got some denix Katilda, the Dawnheart Prime. So, not the big Katilda, but little one. Uh, we've got Root Coil Creepers. Teachings of the Kirin. Anointed Peacekeepers. Sharnas. Wedding Announcement. Grafted Identities. That, you, that know, you
1: didn't expect to hear that this podcast, did you? You
0: know they want to steal some Shieldreds. Oh, yeah. Uh, Grafted Identity off Storm the Festival has been a thing before, uh, where you get to put it into play off the Storm, and you don't have to uh, sacrifice your own creature to do it. Oh, is that a cost to because, cast? Correct. It's an additional casting cost. Whereas the, um, the Storm of the Festival oh, actually, just lets you play it. actually Yep. Uh, we've got a Teferi who slows the sunset. Three copies of Wandering Emperor. And then Owls, Elspeths, Tamio's Wren, and Seven. So yes. Literally All the best ev- Planeswalkers
1: for less than six.
0: Everything in this deck can be hit by the Storm of the Festivals. Yes. I mean, yeah,
1: go, uh, yeah. And, go
0: tell me why do you love this?
1: Um, it it just does a lot of great things, right? Um, uh, so annoyed. So one of the things I want to highlight about this is this. I actually think this deck is really just wants to cast anointed Pacekeeper, and it's not in there for storm the festival reasons. It's just because it beats. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, two Denic feels weird. Um, but I really like that it's in there. Um, mm-hmm. I guess if I call the other uh, the other one Waltzing Catilda is this nutbush Catilda, because um, for the tiny version. Um, no, I won't sing not Bush. Anyone who was hoping for that? No, that was nobody. Um, I don't know how I feel. I actually just think Recoil Ro- Ro- Creeper is just better. Um, okay. But, um, there are other, there are other, I guess, reasons for that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Shana Purifying Blade, I think is going to do a deceptive amount of work, because this deck doesn't gain a lot of life, but it just gains little plinks and plonks. And then if you're, if you're, um, if you're getting to trigger Shana at all, that's, you're having a great time. Yep. Um, grafted Identity is a potential absolute house, um, as you mentioned. Not, like just you, whether you cast it or you flip it, or you prefer to flip it. But mm-hmm. um, well, you've got wedding
0: announcements, of... so you're spitting out yeah. little tokens as well yeah, there, exactly. which you're just happy to get rid of.
1: Um, Storm is a value card. You're flipping over value creatures. It's just value palooza.
0: Well, I um, mean, this is this is a lot of planeswalkers. Yes. We've got um four, in particular, is a
1: house six, if he's given room to operate.
0: We've got eight planeswalkers. Yes. Which is like. Almost could a have.
1: Lot. It would have been real tempting to put in Broker's Ascendancy as well.
0: <laughs> okay, that might be a bridge too far. <laughs>
1: um, so the I guess the holes in this deck um, as well is it has, it's very limited in answers. There are no sweepers and only two different cards that answer one for one in the Wandering Emperor and Grafted Identity. Mm-hmm. It gains one sweeper after board. And some destroy evils. But it does have three disdainful strokes, which is the highest number we've seen so far Drink. Yes. Um,
0: uh, it also picks up another grafted identity. Yes. If that's a thing. Also, are these the only copies of Hearst that we've seen in the sideboard? Someone's got one. I feel like they are. Uh, who's got- but again, that was a card that saw a lot of play. Oh, uh, Hemsey has got one. Hemsey's got one, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I knew I'd read my notes. Be interesting that, you know, again, I guess the, the fact that um, the underdog has dropped off so much in popularity speaks to why you, you see less of that as a necessary thing, excuses to hit it.
1: So, um, one of the main things I love about this deck, to get back to the to, I, mm. I sort of jumped into things I didn't like.
0: No, no, go for it.
1: Um, is, actually I'll just touch on as well, um, the only other thing I didn't like was that, and it's a bit weird to to do this with it, considering there's only one Teferi who slows the sunset. But when I see Teferi who slows the sunset, I like to see at least one copy of the Celestis just to get, like, especially in a deck like this, you're you're trying to generate all the value you can, sure. Um, and you've got mana and acceleration mana. out of your creatures, you should yeah. be putting an extra one in, okay. Um, unless yeah. you were really worried about seeing cards like a braid,
0: yeah,
1: um, it just doesn't feel like. But it's a it, I did. I I love seeing cards like the Celestis. It gives you that little bit of life that synergizes well, well with Shana, sure. and it helps you dig for your um. For your key cards, that you, you, there's a couple of two two of copies of cards that you'd love to flip into your storm or see otherwise, and so yeah, I, I love seeing the Celestis. But this deck is really good at attacking you from um, surprise alternate ways, just like different angles. Like the Grafted Identity that we've said so much about, like the first time. Now this is open deck list, so it's not going to be as much of a surprise as it could be. But mm-hmm. the first time you get Grafted Identity, it is a blowout because you cannot play around that card until you, the first time you get mauled with it. The other one is the sideboarded. Uh, Intrepid adversaries. Mm-hmm. Um, this deck can go a little bit wide with its early drops and its uh, wedding announcements. Yep. Um, and so, what, uh, Intrepid adversaries both a really good card to cast and uh, in the late late game are a surprisingly good card to flip off Storm the Storm the Festival because you still get the, it's an end to the battlefield trigger. Yep. Um, so if you've got floating mana or mana left over, it's most of it white. Um, it's it's a finisher as well. So um, it's a Weird alternate win con that you wouldn't expect to be brought in as an alternate wincon con for this kind of deck.
0: Um, yeah, no, I, I can definitely see that. Uh,
1: this deck is weirdly missing Brutal Cathar, though. I feel like a Storm the Festival deck would love love some number of copies of Brutal Cathar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, particularly as it's just like, it's just plain... They're all permanents. Yeah. <laughs> right, like, except for Storm the Festival, everything is a permanent. So, yeah, it, it, it seems interesting that there's no you know, creature-based removal spell that we, we see in others. But um, what do you think about this one against Jund?
1: Well, I have this winning, uh, this matchup. Same. Um, only because I don't particularly like um, the answers.
0: Yeah, I just don't that think Calvin's that... That
1: going to be bringing. He's the, really the... reliant on his graveyard trespasses, I think, to stop subsequent storms. And if he can't get triggers of... If he can't hit Storm the Festival with... Graveyard Trespasser, I don't see him getting enough of an advantage to be able to overwhelm the 6th, 7th, and 8th cast of Storm the Festival.
0: Yeah, but you've got to I think it will just get buried from the first one. Like, the first time you cast Storm and you hit, you know, like, Elspeth plus Ren it's it's like, how how, we were talking about the fact that, like, Jund doesn't have any particular great catch-up mechanism. It's kind of leading on the individual card quality, and none of it is as good as a Storm the Festival that hits two five drops or a four yep. drop and a five drop. Like it's just too much advantage. And, and yeah, as I, good I, as think,
1: passive abilities are, it doesn't fight Tamiyo very well.
0: Correct. Yeah. So it, it'll be interesting to see, but there's there's also no way of particularly in game one, of stopping Storm from happening. Short of killing Azzy G. And as he's just got too much early he's got too many early creatures. And, you know, just sneaky life gain, right? To just kind of yeah keep him alive to that point with, you know, Denik and Shana and then, you know, anointed peacekeeper holding down the fort as well. So I just don't see Calvin being able to get him dead fast enough. I agree. And none of the answers line up well enough against any of the things. I mean, Riveteer's charm will... Make them sacrifice something. Like you'll get one thing, but I mean, if you're flipping two planeswalkers, and it just feels like it's—can it be done? Hundred percent, of course. Like you know, we've all seen that a million times, but it certainly doesn't feel like it's in in his favor. So I think Azij will will have the goods on. One
1: thing that's interesting that I've just noticed is that uh Mm. just lastly is that this is the the heaviest presence of the Wandering Emperor. Uh, um, three all in the main now I think there's a couple of decks that get to three after sideboarding I'm just trying to find find that to confirm but uh, every uh, other deck has yeah. tops out at two in the main deck
0: yeah no you, you're correct Um, yeah Jedi's goes up to well, not only two in the sideboard he's got none in the main so yeah I think I think you're right and look you know Emperor is an excellent guard it, it, she, she does a lot
1: Sweetman has two main but no side, sideboard so yeah it's just straight up the
0: most Hmm. all right so as I keep telling you our job here is to make wild predictions and stand boldly behind them <laughs> who, who do Indeed. you like who is gonna who is gonna win uh,
1: so I still haven't decided yet um, so my bracket I have my initial draft of the bracket I had Tom D winning mm-hmm. um, and then I played his deck one time one best of three on arena and yep. I thought now that it stinks um, Okay. So there's right. your wild wild prediction is that Love despite it. all of Tom D's success and my lack thereof in this event and Tom D playing this deck and is still in the upper half of the bracket. Mm-hmm. Um, that your sample stinks.
0: size of one is sample, outweighs uh, his yeah, okay. Yes, uh,
1: so he is going to beat Sweetman, like I said, but mm-hmm. then loss loss out. Okay. Um, sorry, Tom D's the A V cable. Sorry. So Tom yeah, yes. Tom D okay. beats the Sweetman. Um, I've, I can't read my own bracket. Oh, here we go, it's down there. Um, yeah, and then yeah, he goes out and straight sets after. So he win, he has the gentleman sweep, wins one, loss, loss. Okay. Uh, so I actually have the finals as a rematch of the first match in the bracket of Hemsey and Darkanus. Okay. So by definition, I guess I have to have Hemsey winning because he won the first time. Um, Interesting. I think I said before that Jedi's Walker has the best deck. Mm-hmm. I think it doesn't match up well against Darkanus. The thing that I said for those who um, who don't remember from the from way back an hour ago. Um, Hemsy's deck can win Game 1 against Darkanus. The matchup that I see that falling to, Jedis versus Darkanus in the lower bracket, that's what I was referring to. I don't think Jedis' deck has as much of a chance against Darkanus as in Game 1. So I, I think that Darkhanus is going to knock Jedis out 2-1. Otherwise, it's it's Jedis versus Hemsy in the finals, and that is the truest coin flippers we're going to see. Hmm. So I have Hemsy winning the rematch over Darkanus, unless Jedis beats Darkanus, in which case it's Hemsy jedis And uh, whoever... Gives me the biggest bribe will be
0: my pick for that. <laughs> Yes, for for all of that ability we have in changing the results for these games. Yes, <laughs> uh, if we, if we br- can, a br-
1: Not even bribe for a result, just bribe me for a prediction. That's <laughs> it, The most
0: meaningless thing. That's it. Send magic cards to... <laughs> send gem packs to... Send yes, <laughs> gem codes,
1: please. Yes. Boosty packies.
0: Right. Do you remember when Wizards used to give those to us to give to people? Man, that was fun. Oh, anyway.
1: Yes, I didn't know where you were going with that until you said that. Yes, I do remember that. Time Remember away. when wizards dot 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 customer service?
0: Yeah, um I think Jedi's is too good. I think his That's deck fair. is. I think his deck is too good, and I think he's playing out of his. That is a very valid point. It's so, hard to go,
1: hard to go past the play quality.
0: Play yeah, quality. I, I just I feel like you know you gotta you gotta beat the champ man, and yeah. this deck just feels like it's got everything. I mean, you talk about the fact that he can't beat Darkheart. He's got two farewells and negates and. Like they so can't beat, can't beat him game one destroy he really struggles to beat him game one. yeah that's that's probably fair but I mean you know it'll be interesting to see but I mean he he did lose early on to fall to you know the lower bracket so it can happen
1: I'm also pretty like I mentioned before I'm pretty bullish on hemsey over Darkanus in the first game of the upper bracket that we've got mm-hmm. I have no clue who to pick for the rest of like I've picked Darkanus to progress through the lower bracket. And I genuinely don't know who will win any of those matchups. Those, I mean, like, that yeah. deck is super close. I don't, I don't think it really thumps any of the decks except maybe Sweetman's in this top eight. Yeah. Deck that is. So that, that's why I find it so hard to pick that lower bracket.
0: Yeah, I find it interesting that we've got, like, there's no mono blue, there's no mono black, there's no super aggro. You know, we've got Gruul. Yeah. But it feels like it floats towards the mid range a little too much to be the true foil to these kind of you know Esper decks and, and yeah. the stuff that's trying to go a bit bigger. So it, you know it, it will be the battle of the mid range, which is you know what we've seen in this standard. It's it is very much a really it feels like a really honest sample of all of the decks in the format, and yeah. that's awesome. I, I love to see that. So I'm I'm really pleased that we don't have. There are no two decks that are the same. They have similarities. Oh, yeah. there, there's there's plenty of overlap, but with the card, with the pool size that we have at the moment in standard, that's always going to happen. And I think this is going to be, it's going to be heaps of fun, man. Definitely. I'm really looking forward to, to covering all this and, and kind of getting across it. Can't wait
1: to watch. I'm actually, unfortunately, is, is this two days or just the one day? I remember, remind me if you... Just would. the
0: one. It's it's just on Saturday. So yeah, uh-huh. we will have uh, coverage starting from... Ooh, yeah. Ten thirty, I think, eleven o'clock Eastern time on well, Saturday. Good. I'll
1: get some. I'll get some watching in early then. Um, I've got a mm-hmm. wedding coming up, so I have a lot of um, things that in, in a couple of weeks. So yes, you do. I've got a very full Saturday, so I that's will. But I will definitely get to watch some early matches. So hopefully, I'll get to watch um, my my boys, um, Darkanis and Matt from my group. And I mm-hmm. would also love to watch. I just love to watch any any time Hemsy and Jedi's play. So those are my four players to watch. I guess I'm sorry to the other four, but... Um,
0: no, that's fine. You're allowed to have favourites. The The good thing is that it's all on Twitch, mate. You can watch the VOD whenever. VODs. I oh, know, it's not the same.
1: No, but that's good, because I've just realised I can also rip the VODs to some sort of podcasting device and just hear your, all your lovely voices on my car rides to work.
0: <laughs> you can, you can. It's
1: like ex- extra podcast episodes, guys. That's it's great. Right.
0: Let's go. Uh, and they will go up on YouTube. We always make sure that we... We download them and upload them to, to YouTube as well.
1: But it's much easier to rip from YouTube.
0: Definitely is. All right. So I think that's going to do us for this week. We've gone a little long, but there's a lot to talk about. And I'm not going to apologize for that. I think this has been been really good, man. I've, really, I've had a lot of fun going through all this with you. So thank you so much for jumping on and helping out.
1: No, thank you guys very much. I'm very honored to be us uh, back. And hopefully I will be again in the future. Um,
0: Definitely. Because so just get you on and be like, mate, I don't know what you're talking about. Your predictions are all horrible. None of them came true.
1: And your singing sucks.
0: <laughs> it's, the, it's the caster's curse, right? That's what you do. You, you, oh, you go, Jedi's so <laughs> is too good. He's definitely going to win. He's going to just go like 0-2 out. Himsi's <laughs> just
1: there shaking over me, me saying he's going to beat Darkanus <laughs> twice and win. And he's like, no, shut up, you buffoon.
0: That's um, fine. This top
1: eight's so good, we haven't gotten to any of the Brothers War. And there's been so many good cards spoiled oh, about that. So also I go know. and check those out
0: uh Next week we will be talking a lot about the Brothers War. um There will be a whole lot of stuff going on there. But there's there's some oh man this this set is stacked. It's not even done yet. But there's there's a lot all the way from commons to mythics that make me excited. Yeah. Which is it doesn't happen a lot. And Shorty is dancing little jigs every time he thinks about the fact that he's got Monastery of Swiss beer Back I forgot that again. that was back. Yes.
1: There's so much in this. I forgot yes. that that was back. Correct. I'm just, I'm sitting here thinking about those um artifact creatures that mm-hmm. you can play cheaper for colored mana. Yeah. And I'm like, the what do you do with those? Yeah, that's the, the prototype. The, I forgot they the name look, of the mechanic. They look
0: amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, A- anyway, I'm, before yeah, we talk sorry. for another hour, <laughs> which I know we could do quite easily... Uh, we better wrap this one up so better I let can you get to bed, so edit, yeah, bed. edit it and put it up there. Uh... It's only 8.30 for me. I'm being a bit rude. <laughs> no, that's fine, mate. Happy to. All right. So yeah, usual wrap up stuff. If you want to check us out, we are the magic beans cast everywhere. Just go to magicbeans.com and you will find us there. Uh, it's got links to everything. As we said, come check out the final stream, this Saturday twitch.tv magic beans cast, uh, you know, It'll get put up on Twitter and in Discord and all those usual places. If you want to come check us out, please do. We we love to engage with our community. It's it's like it's the best part. It still blows us away oh, yeah. People want to listen to us and, and hang out. But there will be truly top-tier magic played on the weekend with some mid-tier commentary to go with it. So you can... Uh, Watch us stumble through lines that we don't understand, while our players know exactly what they're doing, and we just get excited for sweet things that we didn't expect. It's like the most fun. Um, if you want to check, if you want to support us, the a couple of ways you can do that. Uh, you can buy some merch. If you're going to come to Sydney at the end of the month, we would love to see you. And if you've got like a beans t-shirt on, that would blow our tiny little minds. Ties is showing off. I'm He's wearing. I'm wearing one you right can't now.
1: see me right now, folks, but I'm wearing one.
0: <laughs> he sure is. And I
1: have a second. Playmat mat on the way oh nice. the first play mat is at work being my mouse pad yep and the second one's going to be my commander play mat that's fantastic i was going to get one from my wife to be as well but um she loves the little mermaid too much and we found a mermaid one and yeah, she's got a merfolk deck fun. so on so nice. one beans playmat and one merfolk i'm way off topic how am i getting <laughs> off topic in a wind up
0: because it's you, you're your move chewy, chewy. your yeah, move <laughs> yeah correct so yeah, you can support us directly through the merch, or as we said, Josh and Pat's—they are the ones who provide all of the prize support. They let us do these leagues and these events with, you know, real cash money for our winners. So please go and check them out, J-P-T- JPMTGBazaar. Bazaar. Uh, they are fantastic, and we love working with them. Otherwise, if you want to get in touch with me directly, look, Discord is the best place. But if you want to chat with me on Twitter, my handle is at Joel Hill underscore and ties. Where can people find you?
1: You can find me at ties underscore au and if you're into uh esports as i sort of briefly touched on earlier you can also find uh the organization i started snowball esports we're like the fox sports of esports i just get a quick plug in for there for us you can find us snowball esports everywhere
0: love it thank you everyone appreciate you hanging out and we hope to see you on the weekend so yeah
1: kisses